Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to episode 98 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, replacing my other co-host, once again, we have some fine fill-ins in the form of uh, Megan Peters making a return. You've also seen Charlie Ridgely pretty recently, Hello. and over there in the cut, VIP booth, we'll call it, Mr. Ooh, Brandon Davis is yeah. with us. I got the bottles on the way in my VIP booth, and like, I, what do I have for to some do girls to get... with like sparklers, like, you know, what's like, that? What do I have to do to get over there? Um, usually you should start with doing something that makes me need, feel the physical need to put you like further away from me. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't kidding. shower. I don't shower. I'm just kidding. So BD's over there. Uh, yeah. BD's over there because like, we, I mean, we just got to get over there when it's like, he's good for featured commentary. So we yeah. just cut, we need a whole BD cam. I don't know if you've seen this site. Mm-hmm. But it works out pretty well for us, so we don't try to change the formula yeah. up now. It's like at the adoption don't try center. To, don't try to punch me and then rub it in, all right? No, it's like <laughs> the adoption right? center. Just, like it was like, here, take it, take People it. Now you. I'm tickling you. Yeah, I mean, I told the you that. I, I think I I've made it pretty <laughs> clear. I think I've made it pretty clear that's what this show is all about. Brandon's in the pound. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing him to, like, the kitty cam, like, that they have at the Humane Society. <laughs> Do I come with that song? Like, <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin? No, we don't have money for that. So <laughs> today we got this crew together, and this is some of our uh, comic book all-stars here, because we have a lot to talk about on a variety of subjects. Oh, We're going to get into God. the uh, finale and recap spoilers for uh, DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. A lot of you were asking for that, but we wanted to give people time to get caught up on the DVRs and all that. We also got something new happening from the... Uh, DC Universe, sort of, that has Brandon kind of triggered, so we're going to let him go off on that. Uh, we're going to try to give Charlie a segment to do on the fly and see how that goes. Uh, that could <laughs> crash and burn. But uh, then we got some reviews of things that are coming out this week. The new movies are Bad Boys for Life, Dr. Doolittle, and we have a new game, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot. Um, we told you we'd be giving you kind of first impressions. Megan's had some time to go through the game at least a little bit in this epic journey that this game is. So she'll kind of break it down for all you anime fans what this game is about and does it honor the Dragon Ball legacy properly. Um, but first, we got to do something administratively in the business. We don't usually try to get too heavy on the podcast. We try to keep it light and entertaining. But uh, there was a big announcement that Dwayne The Rock Johnson lost his father, Rocky Johnson, famous WWE Hall of Fame wrestler. And, you know, we love The Rock on this show. It's no secret. BD actually, like, I mean, it's not a lie to say you actually know The Rock personally and are on a friendly basis with him. And uh, The Rock and his family also come from my wife's hometown, and they were, like, really known in our hometown of uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And so this is a sad loss for all the fans and everybody who kind of knows The Rock. 
um, personally or has ever met his family. So since we are fans of The Rock, we just wanted to take a minute and send our condolences out to him in what is surely a time of grieving and uh, just send him our well wishes and blessings and, you know, thoughts, prayers, all of that. So that's the heavy part. Let's give you a light and get back into this show. We're going to talk now going from uh, the <laughs> real life loss to the losses we just experienced on a fictional level, which does not compare at all. This is a horrible transition, but uh, that's how I'm, we got to get into uh, Crisis in Infinite Earths. Uh, the big finale of this DC Arrowverse crossover has happened. Uh, and if you thought, you know, the first few parts had, we talked about it when they came, aired before the uh, holiday season, before the Christmas break. And there were so many fun surprises and DC Easter eggs and especially how it kind of connected and pulled in like virtually like every live action DC TV show from the past or made reference to. We had Smallville references, 90s Flash references, Birds of Prey, 60s Batman, like everything. And we thought like maybe we've reached like peak Easter eggs and crossovers, but no. Crisis on Infinite Earths had some big surprises for us in its fourth chapter. And then we got a kind of epilogue chapter that kind of showed us a new status quo and like what the Arrowverse is going to be going forward. So we're going to get into like what all happened. Uh, this will be a full spoilers discussion, obviously, because there's a lot of highlights that are spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to skip ahead about 10 minutes. Crisis on Infinite Earths is now streaming free on the CW site. There's really no excuse not to see it if you haven't. So just go over there and check it out. But this will be a full spoilers discussion. So, uh, the story for the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths was, I mean, story-wise, it was just kind of hokey. I mean, I was like trying to follow half of it, and I was just like, okay, sure. Like, the anti-monitor anti wiped out everything. There was a whole mission through the Speed Force that they had to connect with memories. I don't know what that was about. Then they had a fight in Limbo, or the birth of the universe, where they kind of defeated the Anti-Monitor and made a new universe, but didn't really defeat the Anti-Monitor and had to have one final fight with him. Uh, Oliver Queen died for the uh, eighth in time, I believe it is, as the Spectre, after he sacrificed himself to help uh, restart the universe, kind of to, you know, buy a little time of fake defeating the Anti-Monitor, I guess. Um, and that all went down. But the biggest thing that made headlines was in this whole kind of weird speed force sequence when basically uh the surviving paragons dc heroes that were like these paragons of different aspects of life and honor and truth and hope and all that stuff kind of have to use the speed force to get out of the kind of limbo they're in which is basically nowhere i keep mixing up the franchises in my head between guardians of the galaxy's place like in a celestial head and and uh dc's legends of tomorrow's place outside of time but um I don't go for like really like things that are about like memories and jumping through memories and stuff like that. All that surreal stuff is not my favorite in superhero lore, but thankfully crisis on infinite earth brought broke it up with an epic cameo wherein Grant Gustin's flash ran into none other than Ezra Miller's flash from the uh, DCEU movie and justice league movie franchise. And uh, yeah, Ezra Miller made an appearance in DC TV in full Flash costume from Justice League. And he had this kind of really funny, crazy, um, surreal meeting with his other TV counterpart that was very meta and very fun with the two of them kind of riffing off one another. Um, and it sent fans into like a geekasm. Like this was a big surprise and uh, pretty, pretty uh, shocking because I think before this, all of us would have been like, 
there's no way that DC movies would ever touch the Arrowverse with a 10-foot pole, like, mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, but this yeah. is also a safe way to do it. Like, it doesn't disrupt anything from the movies necessarily mm -hmm. and it's really exciting it's fan service like at its best because it fit here perfectly i mean it makes sense for this to happen yeah but it also doesn't have an impact on the dceu if the flash movie ever actually happens and it also kind of just goes to show how much higher quality the movie costume is than the tv costume i mean i like i, I was going to comment on that because in the you see like them next seat. to each other Huh? When you see those two costumes next to each other, yeah, I don't well, like, particularly he, like either of them to be honest. I just like how they when they were like touching each other. Wait, that sounds weird. Like their costumes and stuff. Yeah. Like um, Grant Gustin was like, "Oh, such high quality," but Ezra Miller was like, "Oh, yours is comfortable." Yeah, <laughs> like let's first like yeah, mine looks cool, but it's also like no, there was super, a lot of great meta stuff in there. Yeah, like, yeah. like it was great, but I will say I thought. I mean, going off what uh, BD said, like it's smart, but also if all of the characters in the DC uh, movie universe right now that need some publicity, it's the Flash. Because <laughs> like Aquaman killed it at the box office. Wonder Woman sequels coming out. Um, I mean, the conversation with the Batman is what it is, but I mean, Batman's having a new movie coming out. We'll figure out Superman at some point in time. Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn's fine, but we still don't have the Flash movie. <laughs> like it's been forever and so to have Ezra Miller kind of come back then only helps service the the Arrowverse or yeah, what it was Jim but Jim isn't here but he was really Ezra. feeling himself he was yelling that like uh, he was yelling at everybody who said that Ezra Miller was done as the Flash and there was no way he'd ever show back up in the franchise and yeah I mean it yeah. doubles down just on the fact that Ezra just a great way to Ezra, you that it exists yeah it's yeah. just it doubled down on the fact that Ezra is a great pick for that character I mean I, I've always loved him there and he just pulled it off again in the short amount of time we've seen him so my only complaint is I would just like more of him but that's conversation yeah, um, for a different time it's funny you say it's safe but that I mean now that this scene happens there's been all kinds of tinfoil hats that people have built about what this scene means and like how does it connect possibly to the Flash movie because there's some specific like really strange things that they chose to put in this scene. right yeah. Like the fact that Ezra Miller's Flash doesn't even know the name The Flash yep. yeah. until he gets the idea from Grant Gustin, which is like, but he also references Vic, which is obviously Vic Stone Cyborg. Um, that he, that this That's what work. I was going to bring up. Like, man, poor Ray Fisher. He can't even get on <laughs> yeah, CW. I bet they would have used Ray Fisher. They don't have the money like, for that anymore. You cannot you Dude, computerize yeah. that costume. That's true. And they filmed this like a week ago. Yeah. Like, they filmed this so last minute, there's no way that... That's I mean, true. I'm sure Ray Fisher would have been game. Um, oh, yeah. No doubt. 100%. Yeah. But That's what I'm saying. you can't... There's just the no way, way to Dude, had computerize that, cameo that in time. is if he'd been in like the shadows with the hoodie on and you just saw a red light from his eye. Yeah. Like, that was the only way they could have afforded it. If you just want to... Just like a tracking line for this, you can tell where the budget kind of ran out when in the end of this like they didn't even bother to transform martian manhunter anymore oh yeah he was, he was just like no nah, i'm just gonna stay like this and fight like this, this. Thing was ambitious yeah mm -hmm. this whole thing was very ambitious it was yeah. ambitious especially for whatever their budget might have been i mean this was the if this had played out on the big screen and there was like all this lead up to it like damn would have been yeah no this was i mean this was one of the i mean as a culminating experience for the arrowverse this as somebody who's kind of stuck with the franchise all throughout, yeah. like this was immensely satisfying payoff. The question yeah. now that I have is who's going to do something with the multiverse in the movies first to kind of take advantage of DC has DC should do a crisis on infinite earths movie and well, just take and that's advantage the thing. of and that's every where the thing they've come done. Out. It's like why? Uh, yes, this is a fan servicing, but why add all this other weird stuff, all these other weird details to it? And so some people are like now speculating that this could come back and would be fun, actually, 
to have it come back around in the Flash movie where we get like the other context for what's happening. Well, I mean, like, because, but, because yeah. they said the Flash movie is going to be Flashpoint, but not how we're expecting it. Exactly. And so I think that like that leaves a lot of room. Yeah, for exactly what it, you're it saying. Really cool, but my, what I'm what I'm getting at, I mean, I think it could be really cool. Like DC has it right at their fingertips to do something like that. I don't think they're going to anytime soon. But I mean, it's like you. There's two opportunities to do that. One with the Spider Verse, which we talked about on the last podcast, which would bring back the old Spider Man stuff. Or with the DC universe, you can connect and you can like acknowledge this continuity cluster bum fuzzle that it has become, and say like, all right, well, Robert Pattinson is Batman in that universe. Ben Affleck is Batman in this universe. Michael Keaton was Batman in another universe. And like bring these actors back even as many as you can. Not as main characters, but as little supplements for people who like the story, which this just really did. Like a lot of these cameos and stuff weren't main story threads. They're just there to be like, oh, I know that. I'm familiar with that. That's cool to see again. And you can do that in the movies, and I think it would be sweet, but you have to keep, you know, Ezra Miller then becomes like one of the main characters, whereas Grant Gustin would then be the supplement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also also think that Flashpoint or Flash is going to do a lot more. I don't think they'll do a whole kind of multiverse thing initially, but I think yeah. Flash will be the thing that opens the door to that and as simultaneously sweeps out all this stuff they don't want still there. Yeah. yeah. And kind of does double work uh, of doing that. Think um, about all the things Grant Gustin's Flash could have just told him not to do. Because like, he could be like, dude, don't even bother trying to save her. Just, it's not going to work, bro. Yeah. But then we wouldn't get the movie. Like, I would I like love how it. that warning applies to more than just one person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it applies exactly. to every person almost. Yeah, yeah. Just, I would love it if we found out that this kind of sets the stage for us finding out that, like, the Flash we meet in, in the movie isn't the Flash from, like, the DCEU we thought we knew. Like that, it's a different version of him, kind of similar. Oh, it's another alternate Earth, but with Ezra Miller. Yeah, and, and he already knows, like, in he already knows Vic Stone. There's already a Justice League. It's a Justice League with like we don't have to deal with the same actors. It's different, and it's all about him kind of discovering or even kind of coming up against all the other stuff that came before and becoming more aware of that or just dealing with all of that and straightening it out. Yeah, Man, the only I just, problem, just want to see a Justice League form in like a unanimously beloved yeah. film. I that would I, I agree. I, I, that's, that has to happen. Like yeah, you have to I agree. And like even if like we I mean we argue about continuity all the time. Even if they keep doing this thing where the movies don't really connect and eventually they just put them together somehow, that's fine. I just want to see it see them all in a good movie together. That's the issue you run into when you talk about Crisis or Justice League like DC's biggest successes have all been standalone things. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's hard to then say that. Well, it's because they can make the standalone things without relying on the other thing. Right. Whereas they rushed into these things and I, the studio got involved. I agree. I'm and I mean, saying, I liked know. watching Justice League because I was excited to see these characters together. But we all know that that movie is what that movie is. But mm -hmm. I I thought it was just entertaining as a fan of these characters to see them together in live action. That was enough for me to enjoy watching it the first few times I watched it and now it's just doesn't hold up I mean there's been this like overarching conversation for like year I mean over a decade now since the MCU's been added doing their own like multiverse like not multiverse well kind of sort of now but like connected cinematic universe and like how DC could differ from it because they can't or they shouldn't ideally be like an exact copy of one another and I think a really smart way for DC to do it is to hop around they prove that they can do it with the TV shows so like have these standalone shows their narratives I don't think necessarily need to interact with one another until they get to a team up 
And then they can decide if they want to change the narrative to be a conjoined one or to split it out again. It makes it more approachable for people who don't want to follow the narrative because like the MCU does kind of necessitate you follow these 20 plus movies to understand an overarching story. It'd be nice if, for instance, whatever the DC films does, you can watch Flash and Wonder Woman, but you don't need to watch Aquaman and whatever other movies come out to be able to watch the inevitable Justice League. Right. And I yeah, I mean, and so far that's worked on the Arrowverse. Um, Supergirl, Black Lightning, all that stuff was separate. And it was really cool to see them all come together. And uh, we should probably touch on before we move on, like, yeah, that the end of this is... When they made this new universe, now all the Arrowverse shows are in one universe. Like, that's yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, yeah, Supergirl's Earth is merged with the Earth that has uh, Arrow, Flash, and Batgirl. Um, Black Lightning's now part of that Earth. Like, And so going forward, we're going to be dealing with a whole new Arrowverse, essentially. Yeah. Where, and this is kind of another conversation I want to end on. But, um, yeah, it's also worked. In, and we, I mean, this crisis confirmed that also the DC Universe shows are taking that approach. Like, they all exist in their own Earths. One of the montages at the end of this is like, what are all the Earths that are still active in this franchise? And they don't just do the Arrowverse, they do the DC Universe shows too. So you see Titans, Doom Patrol, uh, Stargirl gets revealed for the first time. Um, and you see Swamp Things, who looks like Aww. the saddest, like loneliest person sad. sitting That's in the rain. I know, that was I know. so sad. The show was so good. Uh, but it was, was so upset. sad. He's just sitting alone on this bank on this rainy earth by himself. No one cares. We'll never see him again. It has to be a commentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, they're not connected. But if they ever come in together, if Doom Patrol ever shows up in Titans again, you know, all of that, like, what does that mean? That's going to mm -hmm. be cool. Um, was Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in it? No. <laughs> just good. No. no. But um, right so now. now the question is, do we care about the Arrowverse? Do you think this, I mean, because for a lot of people, this could be an easy hopping off point. Even though they do something cool at the end, they form a Justice League. They actually form like a real Arrowverse Justice League, which yeah. is, if you're Steve, if you're uh, Stephen Amell, you're probably going to be like, yeah. Also, because they, they were like, they did Wait, that we, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to form a Justice League? They're like, is there, what's standing in our way? And it's just like. Him. This guy. <laughs> he also that was a Kill really terrible all. death. <laughs> like yeah. that was that sucked. <laughs> it wasn't the best of his eight. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was had that a lot was of a solid seven. That was a yeah. solid seven in my opinion. Yeah. Like so. he's had a lot of deaths in the show, and this was not the best. Yeah, it was not great. So yeah, but I don't know. We'll say I think that for in terms of the Arrowverse, though, I, I mean, I care. I'm invested. But it, I will be interested to see what their next initiative is yeah. when these when these shows are kind of like reassimilating uh, to yeah. this new universe. And I feel like now they're banking on Arrow's done. People are getting tired of the individual shows a little bit. I think a lot more of these we're all in the same universe stuff is going to be what you see going yeah. forward. Well, I think that's why Legends has been so fun from yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, Legends always has just But all right, fun. if you guys have uh, any more stuff, we got to move on. We spent a lot of time on the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, but uh, check that out. Let us know what you think and what your Arrowverse plans are going forward. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple things that are happening in the DC Universe <laughs> Aquaman franchise. And we have all these reviews to get to as well, so stay tuned for that.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so we got a bit of news. Sorry, Charlie, we're going to probably cut your segment for on the fly uh, for time here, but uh, it was just thing it was about the Peacock service. So we'll probably get into that next week when we have uh, all the information. But it's a lot coming out about this new NBC Peacock service, which is very different from the most of the services we're seeing now, like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, HBO Max. So you want to be sure to check that out on comicbook.com, TV, uh, movies, wherever we have it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found out, that we were getting a new Aquaman project, and for a second, we were all excited. And then we weren't. And uh, BD, I felt like you felt the most betrayed by this whole thing. We're getting an Aquaman miniseries coming to HBO Max, but explain to us the premise of what this show is going to be, BD. An animated show, first of all. And it's about, first of all. I'm going to ignore that slight. It's anime, which is okay. Like, that's cool. But, like, is Jason Momoa involved? Probably not. Is Amber Heard and Willem Dafoe involved? I am almost Probably not. guaranteed Jason we'll see. will be involved. It's only three episodes, so maybe they'll three do it. episodes with only voice work is how you get them involved. Jason Momoa will be involved. Amber Regardless, Heard, it's about his first day as king, and that's it. Like, he's probably just going to get drunk and, like, punch people because that's what I think he would be doing. I don't know. Throw... Ocean Master in a Atlantean prison cell and go have a beer because that's what that Arthur Curry would want to do. Uh, I don't. Uh, I bet that's not what they're gonna do though. They're in a show. I feel like. I mean, obviously, it's not what they're gonna do in the show. I don't really care. Like, am I gonna watch it? Yeah, sure. If it was in live action, hell yes, I would watch it. Animated could be cool, but. I just loved how fired up you got about when this came out. You were like, what? And it is fair because, like, as I put in the show notes, like, is this what you're coming with on your streaming service? Like, Disney Plus is rolling out actual MCU shows. And you're like, so we got more Aquaman for you. Remember Billion Dollar Aquaman? You want to see his first day as king? We'll animate that for you. Here you go. And it's like, those two things do not compare. If the theme song is Pitbull's Africa, though, I will forgive it. The, the uh, Disney, it's hard to compete. It's hard, like it's. I think it's hard to compete with Disney Plus on that front, just because Disney owns so much IP. Yeah, yeah. But that said, and and also they have a lot of IP that's just rolling hot. I mean, Star Wars not necessarily rolling hot, but The Mandalorian was damn near perfect. Uh, and and Marvel is just so popular that you can roll out anything, and there's going to be a built-in audience that's excited. And DC Aquaman has a built-in audience, but the DCEU is not as well, I guess HBO unified Max, it would be the word for it. And yeah. you give us an animated show at best. Like, 
What, well, well, first, is HBO Max going to be available in China? Like, because that's my question. Because a lot of money for Aquaman came from China for yeah. that one billion dollars. I, I have no, I don't know. So, how, like, I its don't know. interest points. I'm curious where that demographic spread lays. The other question I have is, why are they going to focus on Aquaman for this? And if they could have saved it and possibly tried to have done a live action thing, and instead for HBO Max, but like a ten minute preview of wonder woman <laughs> like well, i'm not there's like, and there's already so much really good animated dc content yeah, all, I, I, yeah. I, I think that works toward it and and that's that's the thing with one i mean you're talking about the ip i think that hbo max does not have the ip that disney has but people we all already pay 15 bucks for hbo i don't so, i mean i mean a lot of I people do do, i mean just I mean, I, you're the only one a lot of, of, out of yeah, us. Yeah, thank you, HBO. <laughs> Go. Literally the only one on this panel right now. I mean, HBO. People pay for HBO. It, it thrives. One person does. Um, Everson's game of the rest of us. Use you know, your pass. You, you, I, I mean, some, I but someone pays. I'm the only person here. Pays for it. I'm the only person here who didn't watch Watchmen, but I haven't paid for HBO since Game of Thrones. I'm just saying, a lot of people still do. You might be an exception, but a lot of people still do. A lot of people don't. You're okay. giving it a lot. I'm of just credit. saying, you've already got. If you're going to have HBO, it's, oh, and then for the same price, you can also have all this other stuff. That kind of helps sell itself. And when you're talking about Aquaman, it, it does feel a little. You like mean to tell short. me you think you're going to reach a mainstream audience with a with an animated Aquaman no. show? No, 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 no. You're, you're no, going to reach not, the DC fans, fit. which is great. No, no, no. That's a there is a lot. No, of, that's a lot that's of people. Not what I'm getting at. But there are different quantities of a lot. I don't think the goal is to with that specific project reach a big wide audience. I think that there are more so than these other movies. There's a lot of time between Aquaman and Aquaman Two. We, we are waiting a long time between these two movies. Here is a way cheaply to keep that going, keep people excited as you know that the time passes and help bridge the gap between those two movies. And that it gives us that opportunity. And set yeah. the stage for yeah. like wherever Aquaman 2 picks up. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's better than a prelude comic. I'll give it that. Yeah. And prelude with the MCU, comics suck. Yeah. With the MCU, Unless we're oh, sorry, talking Rise of. Uh, Kylo Ren. I'm throwing shade at Marvel Prelude Comics. Those the, always are. The MCU shows the reason the MCU can do that and thrive is because of the amount of characters that they have, and DC doesn't have that built up yet. Mm. I think that DC could do that, but like, you DC know, DC has a lot of characters. I mean, already. in the in the live action movie, Batman, universe, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. You're not going to put them as. But I'm saying, Flash. Are, are we getting are we getting I mean, a Captain Marvel like or Black CW Panther or Spider Man TV show? Yeah, like the CW. I mean, we're not, I'll stuff. happily take an, a, a live action Aquaman show. That'd be way but, cooler. But, but they're, they're not going to do that because that's one of their staple characters that are saving for the movies, and the budget is too big. What I'm saying with the we're MCU, getting a Moon Knight show that can be. Cheaper than an Aquaman movie. That Aquaman movie. No, was I'm not talking about budget. I'm not talking I, about. I know, Mo but Moon Knight could be a top Knight, tier character in the MCU. Maybe, but it's. What, it's, you, what, what are you giving me that not, face for? It's not Captain Marvel. It's not they Black Panther. It's not Spider Man. It's not Doctor Strange. They did, and that established that. But now what they're doing with the shows to start is taking the lesser tier characters from the movies, the ones we all really love. Not, like and, and they're Wilson. also filling in gaps between Right. Movies, I agree but with like, that. They're that not, is they're a not good giving point. us the biggest yeah. top tier characters from the movies on the TV shows. They're saving them yeah. for the movies. Well, here's my thing. that I mean, the seed, what I'm interested in is the CW has tried like things like the CW Seed, that online thing where they drop a whole bunch of animated series that you've probably never heard of. Everyone from like The Ray to uh, Vixen, Vixen to like uh, Deathstroke, or, or is that on Disney or DC Universe right now? Anyway, there's a bunch of these like animated shorts, but they're never really been acknowledged as mainstream. They've never been focused on. Even the DC Universe animated features used to come with like shorts that were pretty good. I'm interested to see how that audience 
still there for a very popular DC animated wing of the of the brand how that translates on a streaming service. Uh, I don't yeah. think it'll I don't know that'll be a success. I think they're testing the waters and they're using something big and recognizable to do it, but I'm going to be it, interested to see what the reaction If it was is. any of their characters that they have introduced in the movies in a live action three episode miniseries, it would get more subscriptions than an animated show would. I mean, oh, absolutely, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Right. No I'm doubt. Not I'm not disagreeing that. with you on that. I'm saying I think they're testing the waters on how the, their animation brand will function in a streaming platform. Yeah. And, and I mean, this, that makes sense because HBO Max has put a sizable amount of money into animation. They have Crunchyroll wrapped in, they have Toonami Adult Swim, and they are, I mean, they, they got the entire Studio Ghibli library to stream, which I don't even want to know how much money that costs. Studio Ghibli is expensive, and they have never done that before. So, I mean, the streaming wars are coming HBO down Max to what properties interest. do you own? Yeah, exactly. Which major franchise can you put on your streaming service at launch is what it's coming down to. Yeah. And Netflix is being the one forced to create all original stuff because yeah. they don't. everything went to Disney and Warner Brothers, and some of it went to Peacock, I guess, because Universal, right? That's Universal? Yeah. So yeah. they might have like Fast and Furious stuff on there. How long until we get a Fast and Furious TV show? But my th also, another thing for me goes back to we have this conversation we talked about Star Wars where if it's not in the movie, it shouldn't count. And I was hesitant with Disney Plus doing all these Marvel shows thinking, oh, this might be overdoing it. A lot of people aren't going to watch these because it's like save a lot. Of, like it's not movies anymore. So you're going to have a lot of gaps in people's knowledge. And then you have different conversations and it's going to be a required thing to get the full experience, which changes it to go from a live action movie to a live action TV show is one thing to go from a live action movie to an animated TV show. is a whole different thing. And I think if it's, it's gotta, you have like, you're just changing your consistency of it. And I'm not like, I'm going to watch this Aquaman animated thing. I'm not super hyped for it. Like Charlie appears to be, which is fine. I'm not, I, I'm not, but I just, I just don't, I think it, to me, it makes sense. Well, the bottom line, all I'm it. saying is I don't think this is a good play. And I don't think the purpose of this play is for the Aquaman DC brand. To yeah. build that universe, I think it's to test the waters of the animation side more so. Yeah, and they're using absolutely. a popular brand from that they have to yeah. test those waters. I mean, having it's Rocket weird. Is, that to I'm, me is weird. Like, it is, just, oh, just I mean, make it's weird. It's what, totally weird. The yeah. what they're doing is they're not just making an animated thing because they already have tons of animated yeah. content. They could yeah. do, they could bring back Batman the animated series, do more stories there. Yeah. But they're relying on a very popular movie yeah. to yep. test the waters on that. Yep. So it's That's like, all right, so then are we going to get a Shazam animated show next? Are we going to get if a Aquaman might. takes off? Yeah. yeah we we might. Might. See, Shazam is the only one that I can see being a live action show. And that's where it's like, but the, I, don't do both. Do what? Like what? That I don't know game. what they're gonna do. So let's not get too far down the rabbit hole in this. But <laughs> I, just, I mean, I'm just happy to be getting content in general. I'd be, I'll pr like, I'd like to point that out before everybody starts crapping on me for whatever reason, because that's all comment sections like to do. But I, I'm gonna watch this and give it a fair shot, obviously. And it'll be really cool if they bring the voices of the actors back. But I, w I would just like consistency. I mean, it is well documented, your consistency Boom. things. But I mean, I'm proud. I, I, you're you're I, starting I, to loosen I, I, I up. I like, would too. You're embracing this like Morbius Spider-Verse thing. You're starting to loosen up. I like it. So Morbius changed my mind on that. There we a go. A little bit. BD is an evolving person. Bit. All right. <laughs> so we're going to deep dive into some reviews this week. Um, uh, everybody on the couch has one to do. So I guess we'll just go in order of the couch. I'll start. Uh, I'm here. I'm going to review Bad Boys for Life. I'm going to give you a spoiler-free review because I want you guys to go out and see this. So, Bad Boys is coming back. It's been 13 years since Bad Boys 2. It's been much longer since Bad Boys 1 in 1995. Um, so... 17 years, isn't it? 2003. 17 years, is it? Yeah. Oh, long, God. It's been a long time. Oh, God. 
Oh, what did I say? 13 years? Yeah. Well, oh, two, God. Oh, oh, three. I get it. Oh, it's been 17 years. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Even longer, man. Uh, I feel so old. Anyway, that's a good jumping off point because the theme of uh, Bad Boys for Life is, yeah, everybody gets old and you can't bad boy forever. So that's a kind of general theme. And uh, this movie was made not by Michael Bay. It's made by uh, two guys named Ideal and Bilal. Um, who have done like music videos. They've done episodes of Snowfall, which is one of my favorite shows on TV right now. And so they take over the reins. And people like Joe Carnahan, Peter Craig, did the story for this. And because Michael Bay's not here, there's an actual story to this movie. Um, and that seems to be what people are connecting with the most. There's a lot more drama in this than any other Bad Boys movie in terms of the character interactions and how serious it is and how meta it is with Will Smith and Martin particularly who are both aging in very different ways. Like Martin is aged and obviously doesn't look like a movie star anymore. And that's not a knock on Martin. I mean, that's just a fact. There's a lot of people in this movie who show up from the franchise since it began. And you're like, wow, time is crazy because you remember, especially if you've watched the first two recently, you'll see this one and be like, holy crap, like people age. Um, and so Martin hasn't aged uh, like nearly as movie star fashion. He's not really in the limelight anymore. And so it adds this meta layer to what Bad Boys for Life is about because it is about his character kind of speaking to his real life experience while yelling at Will Smith, who is still like in movies. And there's even jokes about like what dye he uses to take the grays out of his hair, like when he does movies and stuff. Um, like I know you dye, you use this dye chestnut to you know, to hide all your grays. And he's like, what grays? Like, blah, blah. And then later on, there's a scene with him like in full grays. Um, so. All of that is kind of really makes a strong emotional core for Bad Boys for Life. Uh, and while the directors don't do like action scenes as big as Bay, they still have a kind of cool style. They do a very video gamey kind of style. So there's like shootouts and the camera swings and it like swings to this corner of the room and you watch this character play their little scene and then it swings over here and then like you see that. And so there's still action. There's still a lot of comedy. Comedy. This movie is full of like callbacks and Easter eggs to the franchise. Familiar faces, even like minor faces, show up um, in some key places that are really hilarious. Uh, people involved with the franchise show up, like, and so there's all of that fun to it. If you're a longtime fan of the franchise, if you're a new fan, then this is just a kind of good aging buddy cop story about two guys, um, and it's a lot less. I'm trying not to say anything because there's so many twists and spoilers in this movie, surprisingly, that I don't want to give anything away, including how it plays and, and the pacing of it is not how you might expect. But um, it does a kind of good job, even though it's a slow burn, and that's my one criticism of it, to build up to that old bad boy swagger again with Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett when they finally get back in sync and they're, and they're going to go and kick some ass. Like, it's a slower burn, but it's worthwhile because there's actual, like I said, emotional core and drama to this. And then when they get back into the swagger, it's really good. Uh, the really kind of fun thing about this installment are the new additions, uh, the Ammo Squad, who are these younger kind of, you know, millennial tech-based cops that are a special unit in Miami. And they're really great additions. And they riff with Martin and uh, Will Smith very well. And that team is like... Vanessa Hudgens, um, Powell and Nunez, if you watch the Purge season two, who was like a breakout star of that, and she's going to be like a, she's going to be a pretty big star right up there with Anna de Armas, this Latin takeover that's happening. But, um, so she's like kind of a foil for Will Smith and she's great in that. Um, 
the kid from, I forget his name, I'm blanking on his name, I knew it just a second ago, but the kid who played Kato in the Hunger Games, who's like, um, yeah, boy, he's um, huge. He plays like a huge guy, but because of some backstory stuff, he no longer like does any SWAT stuff, so he's, he became the tech guy. And there's like a whole line of jokes about how this huge dude is just the tech guy in this team. And like Marcus is always yelling at him like to get up and do something. Um, yeah, and just, the whole squad's very good, and they riff very well with each other, and they are so good about giving Martin and Will Smith crap and doing that whole back and forth that they're a good addition to the team. And um, Bad Boys in the end kind of does leave the stage set for there to be more. And I think this movie is kind of the Fast and Furious of it. Uh, it's better than Fast and Furious, but it's that kind of weird, like, we came back, it's been a long time, nobody thought we were going to do this, here we are. But, you know, how movies are these days, there could be a future. So there's even a button scene, so be sure to... Make sure you see that. It's not too long in the credits or anything. You don't have to wait. But um, at the core of it, Martin and Will Smith still have their chemistry. It's interesting to see somebody besides Michael Bay try to infuse this with some heart and soul. Um, and even though it's kind of a slower-paced movie than the kind of nonstop action jokes, action jokes, action jokes of the first two, uh, it's a kind of a more meaningful story in a weird way, especially when you get to all the meta stuff. So um, I was really worried about this film, but I'm going to say... It's my first pleasant surprise of 2020. I'm hoping there's more. So I would say you go out and see Bad Boys for Life. All right. So that does it for me. Megan Peters, take us through Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. If you guys also want to see Megan play the game, that we have a playthrough video that's hot right now on the site. Be sure to check that out. But uh, Megan, should we be buying Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? So Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, the countdown's on. It comes out January 17th. So by, yeah. So, hey, go buy it right now. Pause, come back after you bought the game. You can get it digitally or in stores. So I've had about um, five to six hours with the game so far. This, I will go ahead and let you know it is a long game. But before I get in further, it's a good game. Like, I am going to be completely honest with you. I played this game early at San Diego Comic-Con this summer. Um, I got in early, and they just said, you know, play for, like, as long as you want until someone kicks you out. So I just stayed there for, like, an hour. Um, and I wasn't sure how I felt. Now, both as a huge fan of Dragon Ball, but also as a fan of just kind of, like, RPGs, like, that's that's my place with gaming. Um, it's really fun. It's way more interactive than I thought it would be. And so for any of you who are listening who do not know what this game is, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot basically is a um, retelling of the Dragon Ball Z anime and you get to play as all the characters. And when I mean all the characters, I mean all of them. <laughs> like everyone shows up from the, the series that you remember. Um, so obviously you get to play as Goku, Gohan, Vegeta, you name them, they're there. Um, what I think is most interesting about this story, um, and I'm by no means a gaming expert, I'm not really great at games unless it's Animal Crossing, and then I will destroy you. But it's an easy game to pick up, even with fighting, I'm not necessarily great, but it feels very cinematic in every way you play. It's the cel-shaded artwork um, that you should be familiar with from a lot of anime-style games, as well as the Dragon Ball Fighters, which came out a couple years ago. Um, so it looks great, it feels fantastic, there's a lot of cutscenes. so even if you're a complete newcomer to the franchise, if you're just looking for an epic kind of story-driven RPG to play, like this is a really good one to buy into, even if you aren't obsessed with Dragon Ball, like you can catch up with the story. It does a really good job of keeping you up to pace with what's happening. But as a Dragon Ball fan, for any of you who are listening, the best part by far is the story. Within the first 30 minutes, I was already 
reconsidering the way that I have viewed, for example, Goku and Gohan's father-son relationship. Like it's a big joke. Like Kofi are they going to kill my Piccolo jokes? Yeah, like they're gonna they're trying to kill your Piccolo. Can't retroactively jokes. make Goku a father. Yeah, like within the first thirty minutes, you get some really interesting moments of conversation between Goku and Gohan that make you realize like there's so much like father-son relationship there that we never saw in the anime because the anime had a very quick narrative to follow it didn't go into the nitty-gritty like I guarantee you in the anime you never saw Goku and Gohan go apple picking (laughs) but that's a submission in here that you can do if you want and so if you're looking for that story that you never got in Dragon Ball Z, you can find it in this game. And since the creator Akira Toriyama did supervise a lot of this game, a lot of this stuff is being considered canon to the Dragon Ball Z anime. So it's been a really great way to kind of pick apart new stories if you're a fan of the franchise. It's a touching story if you're not a fan of the franchise. Plenty of gameplay. It's smooth gameplay with good camera controls and melee options. Um, So, so far, I'm really satisfied. Uh, From what I understand, people are playing upwards of 60 hours in this mainline game. There's updates to come. So I still have a lot more to play, but like I'm legitimately excited to go home and play it with my cat. Also, my cat loves it. Bonus points. Sounds like if your father's been neglecting you lately and uh, I know that pain, I can go and play this game and get some fulfillment. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm not very good at RPG games. Like, I'm just not good mm-hmm. at, I don't know, maybe... Is it the my, role? Is it the playing? Is it the game? It's my, my. I don't know, maybe I'm just not smart enough to, like, keep up with all the leveling up and all the different... Like, so, some games just really have a lot to it, and my attention span when playing yeah. a game often calls for Modern Warfare Online or Rocket League because it's 10 minutes long and I don't have to level stuff up. As somebody who's not that great at I RPGs. feel like that's BD speak for, like, I got to be able to play it when I've had a few. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, will yeah. I will I enjoy this game? Because, I mean, I liked Final Fantasy X. That's probably the last RPG I played all the way through, and that was 15 That was a great ago. one. Yeah, and that good. was a very cinematic one, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what it sounds like to me. You're t- Like, some awesome cinematic moments, a lot of cool... Like, yeah, the cinematic moments will definitely get to you. And I'll be honest, I love RPGs, but I do not do any of that stuff like leveling up or like board additions to up my stats for defense yeah, or special you're too attacks. busy leveling up in real life baby yeah i don't <laughs> i don't do that mainly my point is i want to see the cute stories and go fight someone or play the fishing so but you game. can you can kind of just like you don't have to yeah. be diving into these like no level boards, no, 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 no no you can just kind of play the game I've, <laughs> I've been making really steady progress yeah no and thankfully I don't do that's that. one good thing is like oh, god i hate old man outlawing myself but like back in the days <laughs> like they have I, I love RPGs have softened up that like you can be a lot more free, yeah. you free can freedom. You like want. stop right here. I'm just gonna stop right here and stop for a minute and yeah. like go away. You don't have to be locked into like a maze or a dungeon for three hours yeah. before you can get out and yeah. No mom, I'm like three quarters of the way through. I gotta yeah. kill this boss. I can't start this over. Like yeah. so a lot more low pressure in yeah. RPGs. It's very days. freeing. You can be fighting Vegeta and then you can be like hold up, I need to stop. There's a robot over there and I feel like punching it in the face. So you can, I dig you, that. you get okay. that freedom. So I'm probably getting this game. I think Megan's pushing this because she just wants more Dragon Ball writers for anime and like this game looks like a quick, <laughs> quick like starter course. Recap for, like, to the every, rescue yeah. video yeah, game. Yeah, basically. This is shorter than you watching the entire series. And probably better and more streamlined. So. The Frieza fight I went back to watch like long. original Dragon Ball stuff. I think it was on Hulu. And I, I couldn't. Uh, it's rough. It's hard if you're not invested. Yeah, it's, it's the, really. The rough. I, I watched through a bunch of it. Has not held the, the test yeah. of time. Yeah, you know, it gets, and a lot of it can get really weird and. Oh yeah, it, it is. And, if you, you know, watch it close, it is. 
it can be problematic. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah. I will just say this because it's not, and I'll go quick because I know Charlie has his review and says Brandon, but there is a adult community board and I'm not going to tell you what that means, but when you think of somebody talking about adult community board. Is it a Mr. Roshi? In anime? And it has to do with Excuse Mr. Roshi. Excuse me? Oh, of course it does. So Master Roshi, adult community board, you can imagine what is uh, discussed there. Ro- Roshi's. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Roshi's a, I mean, anime has a proud tradition of having pervert likes, characters. And he's like an old man pervert character who loves young girls with things. big boobs and stuff. Yeah. He's like, he's really crazy. He's Goku's like mentor and master. He's the little guy with, uh, that lives like on the, in the island with the turtle shell. Long white beard, sunglasses. Yeah, that's um, um Brandon, as you can see, <laughs> this is all I know who you're talking about. We should have about. a whole segment of Brandon just learning what Dragon but, uh, Ball is. That's this is a be, lot. I, do I, I, have just, I watched a lot of the original Dragon Ball. Do I have Ball to review something, by the way? No, you're okay. good. You're good. All right. No, uh, no we got to end soon. Because yeah. she said that, and I was like, God, oh, I didn't do the homework. I was trying to psych you out. Uh, you you did. You would have jumped right into it. You'd have been it'd have been great. Um, but no, we are about to come down to the end of time, so we're gonna end with uh Charlie. Charlie's been a champion of seeing all kinds of crazy movies for us lately, and uh, you went and took the bullet for Cats. Um, which, well, the weird oh, thing is that why would you take a bullet for Cats? They have nine lives. Well, here, wow. Okay, here. Since Charlie's here, Charlie's got a couple 2020 I told you so, so he gets to get out of the way. We yeah. said that next time you're on, you could do this. Um, the the Cats one, I'll wait until it actually becomes a cult hit. Well, it's becoming a cult. They did a major article about how it's becoming a stoner cult. Yeah, hit. like it was in the Washington Post or New York Times. People just getting ripped on about, edibles and going to see yeah, cats, taking mushrooms and seeing cats. And I was yeah. like, soon as, as soon as there are flights to Mars, I am on the first one. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, done with this it is. <laughs> I'm out. Cats is wild. And then New Mutants was the other one. Yes, That's right. New Mutants. I, I was. I, I've been excited to just. I came on the shot. It was. It was a couple weeks ago. Yep. We all it talked. Was, and it was right before they said it was coming out theaters. Not like it's going to hit theaters. It is definitely going to come out. And everyone was said. Everyone in the office told me I was crazy and it's coming well out we here. told you you were crazy and it should and you were I wrong am, i am opinion. crazy that's one of those things thing. is still true but it right. is coming out yes and that's the weird thing about this cats and doolittle is that i'm the i'm you the one who doolittle plans. was good no okay. i'm the we're one getting who, to that that's I'm, our review I'm the one that play, I, well oh, it's weird God. because i'm the one that plans i don't know with him. i don't what i reviews. never know with him <laughs> that's why i love charlie on the show oh my God. i'm the one that like i i help coordinate you know who writes what review and i've Two reviews in a row were Cats and Doolittle, and they're two of the most bananas movies I've seen in a really yeah, long time. Yeah, but sometimes time. you go see things that are bananas, and you're like, it was so bananas that it was good. No, I said that I enjoyed it. Stop beating Charlie up. Let's hear what Doolittle uh, like. I, I, then cats, we can beat him up. Cats is terrible okay, in the right. absolute best way. Doolittle, not as much. Um, Doolittle is the weirdest kids movie like I've seen in years. Um I'm, I don't care about spoilers because no one should care about spoilers in this movie. Um, <laughs> like it starts with Robert Downey Jr. talking to animals, which is the premise of the movie. But in the beginning, he's actually talking in animal voices. So it shows you that he – so he's like like chattering at a squirrel and like barking at a dog like and Eliza stuff. Thornberry. He's full on. And then, and then it kind of turns and you watch him talk to – and they all have the voices of people. Because that's what we needed, a grounded doolittle movie. Um, oh, my God. It is so – oh, my God. It's so crazy. So – I'm just going to say a couple things that happened in this movie, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So um, and uh, he puts his head under water to talk to an octopus to find out what happened to the queen because she's been poisoned. Um, and the <laughs> octopus says in subtitles, <laughs> snitches get right stitches, there. man. Um, there is a a very flirtatious and suicidal dragonfly voiced by Jason Manstukas, <laughs> who is like the crazy guy in every uh, every sitcom that you watch. Um <laughs> And he is he's upset because he's he's trying to make a deal with his aunt gang and the aunt dude's being like a god the godfather where he's like, You come to me on my daughter's wedding, and then he's like, Wait, your daughter's getting married, and you find out that the dragonfly was dating the ant guy's daughter, 
and now he's so he's upset because she's now engaged to a scorpion named Jeremy, I think. And then the, his whole arc, but like he's only in a couple scenes, and like every other scene that he's in, he like is upset and like kind of trying to kill himself. <laughs> Why am I it's laughing? Crazy. I sound awful. The movie is funny because it's so weird. Um, there's a there's a big fight scene where the the gorilla who's voiced by Rami Malek. Um, oh, is like really timid and they're trying to get him to fight. And so the Emma Thompson parrot is like, kick him down there. And then like, it's the gorilla like kicking a tiger in the crotch and it's like all slow motion and heroic. The weirdest thing about this movie though, is it's climax. Like it's final, what you think is going to be a final fight. There's, you know, there's a dragon in the trailer. So this dragon is guarding the seed that they have to get because they have to take it to heal the queen. Um, and <laughs> if, oh, if, if, if the queen, if the queen yeah, dies, really. if the queen dies, Doctor Doodle loses his, his grant to land. It's crazy. Yeah. What? So um, at one point, the animals like force him down oh, and and give him oh, anesthetics yeah. so they can cut his hair and beard. Like oh. they like drug him. Oh. But this 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 climax scene of of this dragon, you think it's gonna be this big fight to get this dragon, and then like you realize the dragon's mad and grumpy, and Doodle, being a doctor, is like, hold on. And then, like, the whole climax is him, like, he opens up the dragon's butt. <laughs> and, like, you see the camera facing him, like, he's looking in. I knew. I knew something was coming. And he starts pulling stuff out. What? Like, armor and skeletons and a bagpipe, and there's a big dragon fart. Dude, this movie is crazy. <laughs> it's one of the most insane things I've ever seen in a theater. And, like, the dragon butt thing was way too much, but some of the bits made me laugh a lot because they were so, like, like the dragonfly thing. I truly was, like, belly laughing. It's a bad movie, but in a oh, way that man. like it you just it's just crazy and funny. And I mean, this, this is, is why I love really Charlie what, because now, now every no, single minute no, of this is now, what happens in this movie. Not only do I want to see this movie, but I want to make like everybody in the office sit down in the movie and we should do like a whole episode just reviewing this movie. And Kofi I, I, like, is Tom Holland's the dog and at one point yeah, Tom Holland's like crying right now. Like, <laughs> Tom Holland like, like butt scoots out of there. Like um there there's a big back and forth between John Cena the polar bear and Kamal Nanjiani the um he's a the ostrich. They have like a rivalry and they become bros at the end. And then my favorite character is a squirrel that's I think I can't remember. It's I think his name is Kevin. He's voiced by Craig like Robinson. And the movie, oh the movie God. starts with like this young boy on a hunt with his uncle and his cousin, and he like doesn't want to shoot this bird. But the, the uncle was like, You have to shoot the F word on the podcast. You have to shoot this thing. He shoots he misses on what he misses on purpose and shoots this what? squirrel and he feels bad and runs to try to find the squirrel help and finds Dr. Doolittle. This is the very beginning of the movie. And he asks Dr. Doolittle to help him save the squirrel. And the whole rest of the movie, Craig Robinson squirrel wants to murder this child for ki <laughs> like trying to kill him. So like the kid jumps and like the the squirrel like hopes he dies and like he's actively talking about murdering this child. Oh my god, stop. What it is it is the craziest what movie. Like I can't right now. I, 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 in my yeah. review, I said I wanted to compare it to Cats, but that wasn't fair because at least even at its worst, <laughs> this movie has a coherent story from beginning to end. I don't it feel has, that way right now. Oh, it, it may, like the <laughs> overall story makes sense. It's bad, but it, I feel it like at least a makes gas sense. Gas leak in the studio, and we are all just it is the craziest Why are we surprised? Thing Downey once played the guy seen. who was controlled by a dog's soul in a courtroom. Well, I don't remember what movie that was. Wait, wait it was Downey that did it. Yes, where he he leapt out of the the thing in the courtroom and like licked people and stuff. I don't yeah. remember, God. but yeah. it's crazy. And like this is his, this is his post Endgame thing. He produced it, and the director the um, it was the director of Syria. Yeah, Syria, Syriana, Syriana. Syriana. That was a weirdest. The writer director of Syriana wrote and directed this movie. Um, it, it is it's it's a crazy like amalgamation of all these weird things because at some points it's just it's just a a fart joke movie, and sometimes it's trying to be a serious story. 
it's wild in the in this the craziest like ways. This is like a movie that you would have seen a preview for while Tropic this Thunder is, was already right. playing. This is yeah, the movie. You know, like those yeah. what, I, what I like yeah. is too like this. This movie is about fifteen years too late. Like this is yeah. this is this is not Robert Downey Jr. No, this is Kirk Lazarus. Yeah, these are the movies <laughs> that we. You know, our generation like grew up watching on DVD. Like, no, I th- no, no. I, I think never of like watched a movie where an a- I mean, my it goes it goes crazier. But I mean, ass. I mean, the movies that we can look back and we know are bad. I never like, saw anything like Kangaroo that Jack <laughs> or uh, the Haunted Mansion, Doctor Doolittle, the original Doctor Doolittle, or the, maybe the sequel because the first one's pretty good. Eddie Murphy's Doctor Doolittles were not like this. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Stop. They weren't as insane like this. But in the in terms of where you see it, and you're like, this is a bad movie. But it's I kind of enjoy it because cute, I watched like, it as a kid. Fine. This is just sounds insane. It's insane. I'm just I'm just saying movies that. You can look back and know they're bad, but you enjoy them because you watched them when they were young and they were kind of a part of what you watched. They it's different had for Robert kids. Jr. Play I think it's different animals. for kids now because we have Netflix and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm concerned so about kids to watch. now. If this is like but a movie, they're getting. this is that kind yeah. of movie where it's like they're going to go to the zoo and start. Oh, this this just, movie just stop that is so so crazy. What I was going to say, not any good anime conventions. But if oh, you no. you were talking <laughs> about th- him playing things when he would had a few, if you've had a few and you have someone to take you to a movie this weekend where you're not driving. Go see um, Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, go see I mean, Bad, Bad Boys for Life. But also, I mean, this'll, Don't you'll be entertained. To spend this is a close second. No, we, this, I mean, listen, when we get a free theater, copy of this, theater, this theater subscriptions further, we're going to show this exist. in the office and see I, I, what the I, mental effects theater, like, are AMC and Regal both have subscriptions gas, where you there. don't have to pay for every movie. If you got a theater subscription and you guys all right, two hours we gotta to wrap kill, this up. But it's uh, crazy. And I think we could sum this, this up by saying fever dream that Tony Stark based, had when yeah, he snapped his finger. Basically, he based died. on everything that Charlie originally just said, we now understand so much better why Robert Downey Jr. has been saying, uh, I might come back as Iron Man. Jesus. <laughs> the post credits, they should add a post credit scene after the first weekend where he's like talking to Bob Iger. <laughs> so, all right, we got to wrap it up there. That's our review of Do Little. Uh, Charlie, how many stars would you give it? Um, I gave it, I, because we can't do half stars, I would give it one and a half probably. I gave it two because the lowest we can give it is a one. And I was just entertained enough that I. All right, just I what I'm talking about. One. Two. He loves so bananas. Two. Two's fine. Two. That's fair. I it, gave it, a bad, a bad boys movie. three and a half. I laughed. Because I, I rioted and tried to rebel against our system, but they made it a four. So that's our ratings. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates on the show. Or you can subscribe at your favorite listening platform. We're on uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Google Playlists. Or you can go to the comicbook.com YouTube page and find uh, videos of every episode up there as well. If you are just getting into the show, you can also hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, where we can uh, talk about anything we talked about on the show. You can let us know your opinions or whatever you want to do. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. I am on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. And BD, shout it out. Everybody knows you anyway, but shout it out. What up, Comic Book Nation? You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. All right. That'll do it for this episode. If you guys Megan, want to you have us- one key word to say as soon as this is over, don't yep. mess it up. Yep. Kofi, continue. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. If you want to, because I had to think about my next thing anyway. So if you guys want to get some free t-shirts, leave those five-star reviews on iTunes. Next week when Janelle is back, we will be uh, doing some more uh, review reading. So be sure to tune in for that, because if you want that free t-shirt, we need that five-star review on iTunes. Otherwise, that'll do it. This is Comic Book Nation. We're getting out of here. Peace. Deuces.